Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. Hello, everybody. Chris here. Just a reminder that this episode was recorded pre-lockdown, back when we could all be in a room together. And second reminder that this season episodes are coming weekly. So today we've got an interview episode and next Thursday we will have Homo Sapiens Extra Lockdown Extended Edition. Enjoy listening. We're really excited because we've got Sue Perkins on the show today. She's here. She's queer. Get used to it. Yeah. Um, it's a very exciting and lovely chat. And it was so funny. I hadn't seen her for absolutely centuries. Like, seriously, since I last saw her, she's become like uh, like the queen mum. Yeah, she of, has. Uh, of um, Britain, mm. in a way. And uh, so Stephen Fry was the queen mum for a while. I think Sue's been it for a bit now. If you, anyone who goes near Bake Off... You just, you suddenly become royal status. So wait, I was a bit confused because I'm a bit behind the, the loop on uh, British culture. Mm-hmm. She used to present Bake Off and then when it was sold to Channel 4 or something, she didn't go with. Why was, was that? She's fed up just outcry. looking at cakes all the time. Well, I can't remember if we asked her. I don't think we did. She, she, we kind of grazed it, but I felt I yes. didn't. Being the pity. Or, you know, bruised it the way you would bruise a, yes. a cake with a jam. You know, all these programmes are basically just Survivor. Mm-hmm. Survivor was the first one, and now like there's there's drag queen Survivor, there's uh, you know models Survivor, there's cooking Survivor, now there's cake Survivor. Well, I was interested actually that Sue was saying that they tried to make it more hijinks when it started, and her and Mel pushed back, and she tells the story even less cake drama. Well, she yeah. said we're not going to do, we're not going to try and get in these people's heads and make them think it's all you know. A, yeah, we're on the precipice of disaster. This is a nice, warm cuddle of a show, and it's about people making cakes. Yeah, and I think that it. I I wonder if you know, in the past ten years, we've got this kind of British thing, which is like thrillers around, always centered around like a dead woman or a missing kid, and. I feel like it maybe is slightly a response to that. It's just warmth. Do they have vegan cakes? They do. I reckon they do. Yes. Okay. Well, that's good. Well, look, not that this is uh, this isn't. Do they have gay people? Absolutely. They must do. Who makes cakes in this country? And also, you know, look, like um, maybe I'll give it a go. What the presenting? No, the, the, <laughs> I don't think that's ever going to happen. Yeah, that's that's not the selection process. You know, this wasn't your interview for Bake Off. <laughs> uh, anyway, but. Um, um, I mean, what I think's interesting about Sue, well, many mm. things, how um, prolific she is, mm. and also um, 
that her openness about having a sort of a midlife crisis I love in that. this interview. Mm. Very interesting. And talks about her ending a relationship when she was 40. And um, we both talk about our kind of, you know, things about getting older. Of course, you you can't take part in that part of the conversation, Christopher, being such a newbile youth. Blushing. But, um, yeah, I think it's it's, it's an interesting one about being a woman of a certain age. And uh, Mm. I think it's, you know, she's so successful, has all these things going on for her. And yet um, she's being able to be open about... Uh, stuff that everybody goes through. Yeah, she's very open about her messier times and yes. how she's not in control, yes. like, and as none of us are. But you know, life is messy. Life's a real mess. Jeez. Life is a mauvais acteur, yeah. as Oscar Wilde said. Anyway, shall we um, have uh, some agony uncle questions? Oh, I think so. Let's segue onto that. Uh, how about this, mm, please, from a woman? Best friends just became a whole lot more. Any advice? Ooh. Wow, isn't that exciting? Oh, we didn't do the the, the, the jingle. Oh, yeah. Agony, Agony uncles. uncles. Oh, sorry. Agony uncles. uncles. Me, 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 me. So, uh, from a woman, best friends just became a whole lot more. Any advice? What do you think? Have you ever had that happen to you, Christopher? Has a friend ever turned into me and my old my best friend who's probably listening because she listens. When we were younger, mm-hmm. we used to try and get it on, sort of pretend that we were. We sort of were like, oh, let's be boyfriend and girlfriend. And like we snogged loads, but I wasn't cutting the mustard for me um, or her. In fact, we, I think we were just young and experimenting. Right. Um, but uh, I've, I've had m- sex with loads of my friends. Have you? Yeah. Um, Over and, the years. And has tell me more about that. Well, or. I mean, I'm friends with people that I've had sex with in the past. Maybe that's a more accurate way to do it. Right. Like, it's not like I have a friend and then... It's not like I have friends now and, like, all of a sudden, oops, you know, we're shagging. No, I mean, like, I've had sex with people. Maybe they've been my friend. Then they've had sex and then they stay as my friend. Yes. A lot of people. Like, most of the people I know. Do you think... <laughs> <laughs> Next time I come for dinner, there'll be a whole new... Uh, you probably met a few of them. I Yeah, no, it's never turned into... I've never had friends turn into it... Uh, except and so but how do you imagine that would I mean in one way I, th- I always think well great because at least you know you like each other and yeah. you know that you you know you, you get on but I also think it's interesting what you're saying it's like that doesn't mean the end of a friendship but maybe it'll go back to being just friends yeah my dad was friends with all his ex-girlfriends like my godmother is one of my dad's ex-girlfriends that's nice yeah I think it makes sense if you've had an intimacy with people and a friendship in that mm. way and 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 also, I have to say, I really like that, you know, I, I think sex, intimacy in that kind of way is something that it's lovely to sort of have, have that be a part of your friendship. Yeah. You know I mean, it's not something sordid or embarrassing or awkward. For me, it's something like, yeah, we, we had a really beautiful, we've had really beautiful times, you know, and that's something as an added sort of part of the richness Mm. of your friendship yeah and also like i've always felt whenever i have entered into like a romantic thing with someone it's not really within my control attraction is attraction and it comes out of nowhere so if it's happening let it happen let it happen i I think what we're saying to this uh lovely lady uh is go for it just go for, go for it. it. And, Give it what, what can you do? I mean, because actually you're powerless. Yeah, and keep you're us powerless. Po- keep and us posted. Keep us posted. But I, I bet, I see good things. Because also if you know the person really well, 
then you know what they're going to be like. Perhaps you might know their flaws. You might know the, how they're going, you know, they might know their anxieties. You've got a heads up on everything. Mm, I actually mm. think it's really great. I, I think more people should do this. Yes. And have then have a vodka soda and a Valium. Yeah. <laughs> and, and hit the sack. And we need to get to a place where that becomes a T-shirt. Yes. Um, I want to, I think this is a great one actually. Okay, go because ahead. Because it's about, um, it's about more than the question, I think. It says, how to start acting in your mid-twenties with no previous experience. Now, I think, the reason I think this is a fascinating question mm -hmm. is I think that a lot of people think you can't change things in your life after 23, you know, because we all mm -hmm. want to success and everything now. Yes. And I think if you haven't, if you want to do something, no matter what age, you've got to do it. Absolutely. Right? I mean, I think, I always say that to people, like, do you want to have a life that is defined by what if. Yeah. Do you, or do you want to just have a go at it? And if you don't, if it doesn't go the way you want, then do something else. But don't, don't do, oh, what if, or I only wish I'd tried, you know, don't, life's too short, fucking do it. And also, you know, when I was 17, I went to drama school. A man who was the year above me in second year was 46 years old. He's my dear friend called Ralph. And he went, he was an upholsterer and everything. Have you had sex with him? <laughs> no. <laughs> and uh, so uh, then he went to drama school and, uh, you know, reinvented himself and then became an actor, a professional actor. And I think I just I, I think that was a re and also he was like it was like having your dad at drama school because you, if you if you missed a class like in, in the mornings, if you missed your movement class or something, he would go. You'd be in the pub and, you, and he would go. Someone say, oh, Ralph wants to talk to you. And you go, oh, and you'd go over and you'd be going, Alan coming, the pint of lager. Alan coming, I heard you slept in for your movement class. Do you know how many people would like this place at drama school? And you're wasting it. Don't you, don't you dare. And you go, sorry, Ralph, sorry, Ralph, I'll be, I'll be on time. So he kept us all in line. Anyway, uh, Ralph is, a, is a, a role model because he completely changed everything in his life. And I, I think that it's never too late to do anything. I feel I'm, I'm going to change my life. In, in like next year, I'm going to become a, a, a dancer. You're going to do a dance. I'm going to yeah. do a dance, dance piece. That's that's a sort of similar thing. You can do it. Who yeah. knows? And I think you have to. I think we all kind of forget that like these things are very frightening and very hard work, and that's okay. That doesn't mean you've made the wrong decision. It just means that's what it takes. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? So yeah. So so please start acting. You're in your mid twenties. All we ask for is a when you get your first Tony. You thank us in this. Oh, you're Olivier. Uh, oh, you're um, Olivier. Do you know what? It says how to start acting in your mid-twenties with no previous experience. Like half of Hollywood has no experience. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the experience And they're getting matters. great work. Yeah. <laughs> I look, the president of the United States has no fucking experience. And look how well he's doing. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. anyway, blah, blah. I just mean, do, the experience part is not something to be um, intimidated by. Very true. All right. Okay. That was... Oh, there's uh, one more. Oh, there's one more. I think you're very, I think you're very well placed to deal with that. Like. What is it? How do you deal with an angry person? Uh, I would say, uh, from experience, that you first of all have to realise that you cannot fix them. You Ooh. cannot make them not angry. Let me grab a pen. Hang on. Uh -huh. That's the biggest. That's the biggest thing that I have taken away from. Decades of therapy and from having, uh, you know, had a, an angry parent and had some angry partners, which, uh, is, of course, is something that happens when you haven't quite got yourself sorted out. You try to, you seek the familiar in your lovers to uh, something that was sort of a difficult for you in your childhood. So I think the biggest thing is to realise that it's you can't fix them. Mm -hmm. 
you can only um, hope that and guide them towards them wanting to fix themselves. Yes, very true. And I think <clears throat> the uh, it, what about in the moment, like if someone's going nuts? Oh, well, you know, it's funny, Grant, my husband, um, teaches at this school and they got um, sort of a class on how to deal when kids freak out. Ooh. And um, he said that the great thing, yeah, and he's, he's used it, and I've used it too. It's like if someone's freaking out, mm-hmm. and like he, I think he used it in the, in, in on the subway when someone was having a you know screaming and furious. He, and and I've I've used it with with in a similar situation. If someone's going mental and it fears about something, you just say to them, "What do you need right now?" Mm. It engages them. It makes them actually think, "Well, what do I need?" And just that you you know just stop it for a little second and then get them to engage with you. And, Try and make it better. Yeah. So that that's that's I think is excellent advice, and it is, makes so much sense. It takes the because when someone is just has lost it, mm. asking them what they actually need and what they actually want is such a good thing for them to just consider as well as to yeah. sort of stop the yeah diffuse it immediately. What do you think, Lala? Oh. I think I would like to pick up some chicken bones <laughs> and um, give them to all the angry people in the world. That's lovely. Thanks so much. Agony uncles. Agony uncles. We want to say a massive thank you to everyone to writing. Yes, for sharing your agony and uh, for thinking of us as your uncles. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the lovely and talented and fragrant Sue Perkins. Yeah. I found a curious liberation once I'd crossed the threshold. Of 50, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of September, I became 50. And for the six months before, I was almost entirely unbearable. Really? The sh- I was I have classic, you know, lowest grade entry level sort of midlife crisis. Really? Yeah. I did, I wanted to be somebody who just didn't behave the way that everyone else behaved. I wanted to sort of I'm going to run contrary to the narrative. No, nope, I just suckered straight into that. <laughs> what am I for? What am I about? Really? Oh yeah. And then I had a party, got hammered. Couldn't give a shit after that. It's absolutely like <laughs> business as usual. <laughs> really? Trot on. Nothing seems as bad as it seems yes, before. Yes, like, it was the apprehension of... And yeah. I don't know, culturally, maybe we're sort of hardwired to sort of reflect in these big moments. I think so, birthdays with a zero on the end yeah. are by na- their very nature contemplative mm-hmm. and sort of, you know, probing. Uh, yes. And they should, I think it's a good thing to do that every now and Why then not? in your life. Stock take. Did you probe <clears throat> 50? Oh, we big time. I would hope so. <laughs> it would have been a great We're loss if you hadn't. <laughs> I probe as often as I can. What, is a, what do you think it is that brings you to a crisis? I never... I don't think normally I'd have one. I think mm. it is exactly that, the sort of cultural, the cultural pressures, the subconscious mm. cultural pressures to examine on birthdays with the noughts at the end. Mm. Yeah. I agree. And we're like sheep or lemmings or whatever the appropriate animal would be. We just follow, you know, however countercultural I wish to be and exciting and mm. off the beaten track. Nope. I just plum fell into it. What did you do at 40? In, in that another one. Another one of those. Cri- I remember, I, yes, I, I sort of detonated my life at 40, walked out of a big relationship rather stupidly. And then just remember wandering very drunk on the heath at around about five in the morning and encountering a hedgehog and cradling it like a newborn. Really? Yeah, in a slightly altered state. Yeah, just Whoa. stepped out. It's just, it was Slowly just... Slowly singing happy birthday to just, yourself. Just, just, well, I, I thought you were going to see someone else. They were a cradle of hedgehog. Answered Heath and their... Five oh, I mean, that would have been interesting. And I would have still sold that story. <laughs> um, 30, yeah, same. They've all been big sort of seismic 
almost like I feel I should, even if, even if big things aren't naturally evolving, I feel I should, something seismic yeah. should be. I, I totally agree. And you said, did, so do you regret leaving a relationship when you're 40? Yeah, leaving it in that manner, I think, you know, certainly. I think mm. just, the, you know, often things end, but you can manage a better ending than the did one you, I managed. Did you just, like, freak out and walk away? Yeah, I just think so. I just want so my you feel you behaved a bit badly? Mm, no, I didn't behave particularly badly. I wasn't, there wasn't sort of, no, not like that. Just, just sort of slightly cavalier with another person's heart. Mm. You know, oh, just I a bit know. like, I need to be, go and do, you know, be somebody else and do yeah. some other things and... Are you still friends? We are. Well, that's good then. Yeah. I'm pretty much friends with that. I hope to be friends with pretty much everybody. What's the point? Well, all your exes, you mean? Yeah. Life too short. Yeah, I like, I like to be... I have, a, I have several that I'm very friendly with. There's a couple that are not so good. <laughs> yeah. What is your... What is your... Do you, are you from... Have a religious background? I was brought up a Catholic. I could... I, I knew it. Of course. I, I knew it. Yes. It's no great surprise. No. <laughs> so, um, the first time I ever kissed a boy, or kissed anyone, in fact, I was about seven and it was under an enormous statue of the Virgin Mary. Oh my wow. God, that's enormous. great. I mean, of course, now if I saw it, the scale would probably wouldn't be that huge, but yeah. it felt enormous. That's so funny. And Sister Mary Dorothy was less than pleased. Oh. And everything was hugely, just after that happened, somebody uh, cracked their head open. You know, when you're at school, someone, they would always say, they've cracked their head open. It just basically meant they'd fallen. Yes. But I had this image that I'd done this thing and then suddenly someone had fallen and they'd cracked oh. And I imagine the head splitting like you know in like an earthquake situation or you know and in, in, in this huge because tectonic of the, plates of the head the terrible the, sinful energy that had emitted yeah. from your mouth not because of me and a boy it's not it wasn't the genesis of gayness but just like <laughs> oh this is the perfect catholic storm this is exactly how you right. want me to feel right. <laughs> you know yeah, it's just it's been yeah. yeah so yeah i was um I was very early doors educated by nuns really proper old nuns and proper old nuns and wimples and everything and then my my dad I'd been brought up by, um, I'd been educated by monks, and I came home one day and I was holding my hand, and he said, What's up? And I said, Oh, I, they smacked my hand because I'm left handed. Oh. And my dad went in and had a word. Because my dad's yeah. hands were so gnarled from where he'd been absolutely hammered by. Not for, he was right handed, but anytime mm. he did something wrong, they'd take the side of a ruler and absolutely go for it on his knuckles, all the Ooh. kids. And sort of brutalise them. And I think he was sort of. It, that was the wake-up call of, I don't want this for my own mm. kids. So I, yeah, I, I um, then went to another school short, shortly after that. But my, my early genesis was in that sort of... Talking um, of um, Catholicism, I have a confession. Mm-hmm. When many, many years ago I came on your late lunch show, I said that my friend Sue's cat had died and you were very nice about it and she hadn't. I just said that as a joke to make my friend Sue laugh. Oh, I'm going to have to think about what the penance would be for that. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, this is about penance. Do we have... I wouldn't want violence. For me, I'd, <laughs> the simple question I'd ask at this point would be, the longer that it's taken for you to confess the sin, does the, the, the penance augment over time? Maybe. So That's if you'd said that to me a week later, I might have given you a Hail Mary. But now, I mean, that was... We were young. I was, that was like in the mid-90s. Yeah, I was super young. You're going to be... You're going to be absolutely hammering that rosary. That's what I'm saying. I think it was suitable. Why did you say, so I was nice. At least I was nice. Yeah, so I said, we're chatting. This is a story where I don't look bad. No, no, yeah. not at all. So we're eating, eating the thing, you know, that, that, we'd been, that we'd made. I can't remember what it was. And, uh, and yeah, okay. chatting, you know, yeah. obviously you were there, you know. And then I, and I, my friend, and we had this joke, my friend Sue and my friend Andrew and I, we had this joke because when she was, 
she had a <laughs> she had a cat called Chloe who died, but like twenty years before that. I mean, like when she was like a teenager. Yeah. Right. But it was like she was really upset with this, and it was just a joke between Andrew and Sue. Then I came along, and I we picked I picked it up, and we just always said, as, "Oh, did you did, did when did Chloe die? I'm so sorry." And like you know, she was like, "Stop it!" So. Uh, I knew she was watching. Was it live? Yeah. Yeah. So I knew she was watching, and I said, I said, oh, can I just, you know, so thanks very much for coming. I went, oh, can I just say, my friend Sue, her cat Chloe died today. So, and you went, oh, Sue, we hope you feel better, blah blah blah. So, oh. <laughs> so, so bratty. No, it's good. Was that your big break, you, you and? Yeah, um, I guess met. I guess so. And we'd had some little breaks before. Were so you stand up? So you were a stand up comedian co- co- duo. Yeah, we did mainly when we started. We had no. We, so I met Mel at college, and she was doing languages, and would sporadically disappear to Bologna to do sort of very intense, <laughs> you know, sort of uh, workshops in Italian. And then when we both graduated, we we had we couldn't really get any work because. Well, the only thing I knew about was Renaissance literature, and the only thing she knew about was some really weird sort of oldie, worldy Italian shit. So we thought, oh, we'll just do some sketch comedy. And we left it really late to do Edinburgh, so we ended up um, getting a 10 a.m. slot in a very shit venue. And one wow. person came to see it who didn't take their rucksack off the entire show. <laughs> I just sat at that angle. Imagine that. So you're just looking at the top of their head doing this sort of... <laughs> and it's just one person shot. in the audience. Yeah. And in the middle of it, she sort of got out a small map and opened it up to reveal a large map of Edinburgh. I think she realised she was in the wrong venue, folded it up and then just went. So, oh, yeah. my God. So we did that for a bit. And then, so we got a bit of traction here and there. And we used to do lots of silly voices. So we made a sort of, eked out a bit of a living doing... Voiceovers. Uh, voiceovers and stuff. And I remember there was one very strange one I did where I was the beginning of video games, early doors, and they just asked me to play a Russian. And she, this Russian was sort of leather clad, and I had to just do a series of noises of her kicking or being kicked, which out of context sounded pervy <coughs> yeah. and wrong. So sort of, <coughs> those sort of Tekken kind of noises. And then lots of sort of lingering ones that were just basically sort of just porn. And. Um, <laughs> We oh. got, uh, but our big break, I suppose we had a few bits and bobs. Well, that was your big break. Oh, that big break first, of course, yes. Well, I no, see. for us it was more, but French and Saunders were really pivotal for us. Were they? They were. We because did French and Saunders first. Yeah, we wrote for them. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, I so see. they just saw some claptrap that we'd done on, on, the, on the telly, and it was a, a character piece, and they liked some of our characters, and they'd seen us in Edinburgh. And they just invited us over one day and said, Do you want to write for us? So we, we Not wrote. Not the 10 o'clock slot, they saw. No, it we'd graduated to sort of maybe mid-afternoon. Yeah. We were, you Jennifer know, riding there. never takes her backpack off, turns out. Never. <laughs> do you game plan in any way, or do you just do what feels good right now? Because between you and Mel, like, do you meet up and say, let's do something together next, or let's do, I'm going to do my own thing? Or you just... No, it's really sort of, again, it's almost that thing of if anyone looks at me twice, if anyone, you know, iconic stuff comes in, and then you think... I think I was so grateful for such a long time I'd do everything and that mm. leads you to some pretty dark spaces uh, and some creative cul-de-sacs mm-hmm. and then the older I've got I've thought I've said the power of no has been very profound mm. so I actually don't want to do that I don't want to spend my time doing that mm. um, but equally saying yes to things that perhaps would were would have been very uh, easy passes in my early years like I do a lot of travelling I make a lot of travel docs and I go mm. all the way around the world and see really weird stuff and painful stuff and I just wouldn't have been ready to do that even 10 years ago I don't think mm. just didn't want to get on a plane didn't want to do you go to it. therapy yeah every have, week have you been going for a long time yeah 
Yeah, with the odd break, but I mean, sort of almost consistently for eight years, I'd say now. I wouldn't be surprised if it's something that I do for the rest of my life. Oh, I'm totally mm. doing that. And not because, I, I mean, people say, oh, it's not working then, and I find that really annoying. Oh, no. no. I, th- I hate that. I think therapy is like going to the gym for your mm. mind. Yeah. I think it's everyone it's... should do it. And also, yeah. why would therapy stop when I carry on evolving? Exactly. Mm-hmm. When do you stop? When do you stop yearning for... I think that's quite a gay thing, though, gay psyche, like, questing, questing, questing. Well, yeah, what do you think that is? I don't know. I always... Somebody asked me about it once on stage. I do quite a lot of ad-libby stuff. I, I improvise a lot, and I like it. Mm. And I just remember they were saying, "What do you think the gay identity is?" And I said, "I don't really know what you're, it's that spectrum thing we were talking about. There's no such thing, really." Mm. But it, sometimes for me, it's like you simultaneously want to be the rare butterfly that's outside and is just free and dazzling and kind of curious and un, un, undefinable. But then you also want to be inside with everybody else, and mm. you, know, you oscillate. The moment I feel accepted and sort of very culturally and sort of it's culturally normal I want to be transgressed part of me wants to be naughty then and transgressive and then the moment you're transgressive and people and let's face it you know homophobia is on the rise mm-hmm. you know the moment that starts to kick up again you want to be inside and you mm-hmm. come on one love guys we're all the same mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's just me or if that is part of a more universal sort of sense of yeah I mean so I it's really you interesting are, I don't know if you, you guys feel that but I do and I because today I went back to where I grew up funnily enough Southfields near Wimbledon and I went there and still in the hairdressers is the photo of this old school hairdressers is this photo of this guy who was literally part of my sexual awakening it's like that photo has been there since the 80s what? Yeah. of like this guy I took a photo of it I'll show you that's amazing um, he's still there he's still great but he's quite like permafrost showing the photo this beauty of radio um <laughs> You have to put it on a website or something I'll, so people can see I'll it. Yes, tweet it. No, let's see it. Let's see it. I want to see it. I want to see it. But so, isn't that extraordinary? Like he's frozen in time. And yeah, so but I was there and I was like, and what it is, I feel like what the version of what you're saying that I can really relate to is like, I don't want those people to welcome me in because they never welcomed me in. I think that's what I feel. When you're saying that, it's like, I want to be part of this, but actually then when they make you part of it, it's like, actually, no, I don't want to be with you lot. You never let me in before. I'm going to go over there. So I feel like I ping pong back and forth. Mm. But it's, it's, it's but I suppose we cottoned on maybe to identity politics. Very early on. Very early yeah. on. Yeah. You know, I didn't experience homophobia. You know what I mean? My family were very liberal, but so much of it was just unspoken, that mm. stuff. It's just like, but isn't that know. weird? You just sort of carry, even though you have no experience of homophobia. I didn't have any experience of homophobia, and yet I, I managed to carry around a very deep shame. <laughs> yeah. Where did that come from? Well, yeah. Catholic come from Church. I guess. Well, my parents just so sweet and open-minded and receptive and anything you want to be is great. Mm. So it didn't come from them. But yeah, maybe just this sort of sense of... You've got centuries of yeah. stuff that you take Genetic on. Genetic sort yeah. of shit that you've... Weird, isn't it? It is a bit... It is a bit weird. I, I did have my first sort of sort of homophobic insult in 20 years recently and I thought, well, I wonder if that's coming Fuck. back. If so, what happened? I was just on the heath and a guy was just call me a bike I think he said you fucking dyke I just in 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 my you know that that, that phrase l'esprit d'escalier when you you, you something bad happens and you, on the bus on the way home you think about all the brilliant things you should have said in that moment yes I had that very profoundly so at the time I just went I, I sort of went right up to him and said what did you say mm. and he sort of postured a bit as if he almost as if he was going to hit me it was something almost like an intimation of something physical and mm. I just thought I'm going to stand here. I'm going to just stand here. I said, what did you say? Really calmly. But I remember my hand was out, so I 
just I wanted to keep that distance. Wow. If you come within the span of my, the length of my arm, I know that something really bad's going to happen. And he just sort of buckled a bit. And he said, well, I just mean you've got a nice face. Why would you... I just thought, what's my face got to do with you? Why would you work? And, and he like... was almost like trying to... He was... And so... And, and then he just... And I just said, you just... I'm just walking my dog. And I'm quiet. And I'm in a good mood. And I've got love for everyone here. And you've destroyed that. Mm-hmm. And you can't take that back today. Mm-hmm. And I went off and I burst into tears I'm not a great one because it was so shocking and so unusual I'm so blessed I never block people on Twitter never have to everyone is kind and courteous and I absolutely take everybody on board for who they want to be and who they you know profess that they are and just it had come out of you know as I say it had been decades mm. on Hampstead Heath on Hampstead Heath and it was and he was sort of loitering by the gents lose and it was like he looked like a sort of cla- and he had sort of reactor like glasses on it was like really? the I... worst part of me wanted to say if anyone's going to judge anybody on the, what they're doing <laughs> and where they are sexual you know. stereotypes but I just mm. didn't want to get I didn't want to replace knee jerk unkindness with knee jerk unkindness mm. it would have been a, a poor trade off for me to, to make but it, yeah. it's it just interested me afterwards and I was so jittery and upset afterwards that maybe it wasn't the first time yeah but I think before it was all under the radar no one has ever actually said that to me that's what I thought at the time I thought oh yeah that's back again but no that was the first time ever when I was growing up it was just mutterings and that it was Mm. all quiet quiet and a cultural thing that's just not quite right now it's all it's validated and it's So it takes that kind of harshness to puncture the bubble. Yeah, it was really... But I, I actually then just felt sad because I was sort of able to, to kind of deal with it and move on from it. And there are some people who aren't as fortunate as I am mm. to be able to pay for therapy, mm. to, to, to be able to live in a nice part of town where you can walk it off with a mm. lovely dog. Yes. And I just felt shit about that. Mm. But it doesn't undermine mm. what happened as well. No, you know? but And that's... it's great that you spoke out to him because... Yeah, it's really good. hard in that moment. To well, it's interesting what you do, and when you and I felt very threatened by him, but it it, it was more of a homophobia aside. It was more of an indicator of what I would do if, yeah, in an aggressive situation. And I thought mm. I might have to recalibrate that. I don't want to necessarily walk towards angry people. Again. I know I found that in a couple of situations. I thought, what did you do there? Yeah, you run at you it. You walked. I walked straight into it. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 
That's great. But do you think that's pent up rage in, in, in you know, internal, you know, you're, there's things that you're angry about and you're like, I'm not going to stand down. I, I think it's also that I think I can fix people who are angry. Really? That's my, yeah, it's my thing. I think I can, my father, I felt like I, I, I've, you know, a couple of the relationships I've had in my life, I realise are people that I felt familiar with and loved and I were angry and I felt I could fix them. I can make them happy. Do you have any success? No, <laughs> with none of those people. And, yeah. but I, I had success in that I recognised a pattern and I stopped doing it. Mm. Well, with and, people yeah. that I stopped doing it with people that I was, you know, living with. I just, I, I mean, I, I occasionally now I realise with friends and things, I think, oh, I see. Oh, I've got to back away from this. I'm not, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Situations like that are... They're very hard to walk away from in those mm. situations where... It takes a while, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've been in some of those situations and, and then I've gone away and talked about it. Um, you know, what's come back out of, out of an hour talking about it is it, you're very visible in those moments. Mm. You're very alive in bad relationships. You're very, very alive indeed. You're very seen, you're very present, you're very... But it's not good. <laughs> it's, you have to you have to remove yourself, mm. even at, as you, you you know. Drama um, makes you very yeah always exciting vivid. in the moment, and it's so exhausting. Over it's time. Exhausting. Do you see it for what it is in the moment if you're in one of those? I, I think at the time, yeah, no. I mean, time. I was much younger. No. I mean, now, I mean, I just would avoid all of that. Oh yeah. Drama is. I I just have no interest in it. I'd like to write it. I'd like to be involved <laughs> in the world where you create it as, you know, kind of. I'm always I'm always amazed by how altered I seem looking back at some of those relationships you know like mm. I was I, what, I was so in the thrall of someone I was so not I was so out of control of my own control mm. I find that fascinating and also being back here in London yeah it's great is that the scene of the crimes is that is it so you oh, were rampaging around yeah. yeah and so just to, you know just actually very close to where I'm working and living right now it's very eerie Actually, I wonder if you can ever go back. You, I, I always have this when I think about coming back to college. You, I might meet myself on a on a street corner, not literally, obviously, but mm. just I might bits of the person I was then might seep into my consciousness. And mm. sometimes that's a brilliant idea because I'd be young and silly and carefree, but I'd also be stupid and feckless and so self defeating, and I'd be angry to be back there again. So it's weird, isn't it, when you, yeah. like you were saying, you go to the hairdressers and you have to confront the painful reality of this permafrosted god that you fell in love with mm. on a fucking window. And like yeah. you, you know, I'm hairing around town and I'm like, yeah, you are meeting yourself in a way. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. uh, but you're able to distance who you are now from that person. Did, you said um, you were talking about kids. Were you, is that because you do some mentoring or something or was I like, getting the wrong end of the stick? No, I do, do, yeah, not not officially. I just kind of, I'm just a sort of every aunt that's just right. there. There was a, a sort of marvellous party a friend of mine had. I was pretty hammered and I thought, right, well, I need to just go in. For some reason I thought I need to go into my car, not to drive it, because it was past that point. I need to just be in the car in the quiet and just have a word with myself and sober up so they can then return and dance, because I love dancing. Oh, me too. And... Um, Two of the kids, sort of 13 and 14, just sort of snuck into the back of the car and they went, Perks, and of course we Perks, Perks, um, we need to talk to you. And I went, that's great. What do you need to say? And it was like, we're pansexual. And I said, oh. I love that. 
I'm really drunk. <laughs> I need to leave the vehicle because this is not the way I wish you to remember me. And they just toddled off. And that's all they wanted to say. Oh, they were passing. So cute. And I thought, this is I don't even Yeah. I don't even want to give that more weight than just that's wonderful. Yeah. No, isn't that lovely? It's nice to be able to share it with someone who you know is just gonna get it. You know? It's really Yeah, well I just I've but I've always been like that. Before 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 all of the identity politics maelstrom, I've always just thought just it's not ever, ever beholden to me to define who somebody else is mm. or to control their perception of their self or, who, or their trajectory in life. You could come and say you were anything and you want to do anything and I'd go, that's just knockout. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't take anything from me for you to be who you are. Yeah. And why is it any more complicated for, than that for anybody? I just I don't, don't understand. understand it. I don't understand what anyone's sexual preferences have to bear on anybody else. Mm. I know. Or, or, you know, or how they see themselves or mm. what, you know, exactly their place in the world. It's... It's such a cause. It's, it's weird that you take against isn't it? Mm. so much effort, mm. so much effort to prescribe somebody else's shit. It's just a lot of effort and, and, and energy you didn't need to expend. I'm actually like just you know, occasionally there'll be kids that come round and they'll sort of loiter. You know, I'll be cooking or something, and they'll just hang about. And like, I, I know really, they might not even want to say something. They might want to def- not want to define who they are. They just want to be around somebody who's a bit different mm. from their parents. Right. Yeah. And just have that energy for a bit. Yeah. And I'm also very childish. You know, I don't have a great deal of responsibility in life, and I just prick about, and I'll just. I have very few boundaries, so I'm like, yeah, what do you want to do? Yeah, that's great. I'm not a parent, oh, of course. Great. We must let off fireworks now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or, you know, I just, I don't care because do you have it's a trampoline? not. Yeah, I do have a trampoline. I have a trampoline too. No. I knew you would have a I trampoline. I rebranded as a rebounder. You know that the Americans call them rebounders. Oh, they? really? So, yeah, you can say, I mean, it's basically an adult, slightly highly strong adult trumpet. But the oh. idea is that the connotation of that is it's fitness. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. But no, ones. it's yeah, just yeah. so you can fling yourself into the air. And also, yeah. what's great about trampoline, and I can't believe more people haven't got into this, is you can have one and it's it, it basically the only legal way you can spy on a neighbour. So you can just basically, <laughs> hey, there it is. And you can just, both sides, you can see yeah. what's going on, who's shagging who. Yeah. But you burn, you burn more calories on a trampoline than running. Oh, it's, it's so, oh, I go on my trampoline for like a minute and a half, I'm like, Whoa. Oh, you pooped. You yeah. try star jumping on that, you are neat yeah. within 30 yeah. seconds. Or, do you do the first, do you? Do so have you got one that's got the sort of netting around it? No, it's oh, like that. It's a big one like that, but it just don't have the netting. Yeah, same. Because that's the kind of guy I am. I would yeah. shit myself with also, children. Or well, sometimes children go on it, but it's not. I'd let You know, if I'd, if I'd lots, if, I'd, if I had children or if more children. I mean, it's, no, I don't have netting. I don't know why I'm trying to justify we don't that's have netting. That's hardcore. Do you know, it's funny that, because this Christmas I had to do, because you have family around and lots of different people you don't see that much all gather together. I felt like I was the spokesman for identity politics. They were like, so what is this pansexual? I need to know. Yes. And what is they? What and is non-binary? What is, you know, and what is non-binary? And is it the same as this? And do, 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 you know, and I was like, okay, everybody one at a time, okay? Take, take a ticket and I'll answer your question. And you sort of, I get that a lot. It's like, I don't want to be the person that defines, even defining what those things mean yes. feels slightly, yeah. slightly wrong. Yeah, responsibility. If they, if they yeah. want to say they're not, but let them, the person who's non binary define it for you not somebody who ask them is exactly a woman and I that's how I define myself so I don't wish to speak for that community I don't want to speak for anybody apart from myself but they, you know, because they said so what is this person I said just ask them they were like okay and then the one thing that I thought yeah, just was, go and ask the questions I found really useful 
was everyone was like, so what, I have to call someone they? I mean, that's not even grammatically correct. Oh, and God. I said, so think about it like this. If you have a friend who is coming for dinner and they are bringing a friend, but you don't know whether, you don't know who it is, so you don't know if it's a boy or a girl, mm. you happily use they. You go, do they eat cheese? Are they vegan? Like, you know, yeah. that's... In the same way that when people dance around their sexualities, they use a gender-neutral pronoun. Yeah. It's completely, it was a way that most people like, yeah. you know, yeah. sort of coped early doors yeah. by yeah. fudging, fudging, fudging with a gender-neutral. Yeah, that's so true. So it, it's... You've been it, doing it. You know, that was... In every yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, For generations, yes, it's, been, it's been being done. And that's so true about the fudging thing, but that's, yeah. that's how you would do it. Like a um, partner... I hate partner. Do you? Partner. Yeah. I actually. Really... I think it, because I think it, I think it's a it's 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 got for me it has a, le- a leftover from a, f- a fudgy time where you, where you'd say my partner and you wouldn't have to define the sex mm. and it also seems to me like well are they do you like are you in a business together are you are you fucking... I get that I mean I wouldn't refer to my partner my gir- a, a girlfriend as a, as partner but I do you know what? I love it when straight people do I think it's a in, I, I find yes. that a very inclusive you, yes, wonderful that, yeah. way of about your partner or theirs or just no. their they refer to their, their oh, right, right, yeah. Like, yeah I like it when straight, straight, I understand yeah, what you mean straight, straight, straight friends do of mine it refer to their husbands as their partner I, mm. I think that's a deeply it's opening up to yeah, not being I, yes well it's opening up to not being what we used to use it for yeah yeah totally and I I might not wish to define my girlfriend in that way but it's it's like how do you feel yeah. about girlfriend it, it feels a little infantilised. Infantilising, yes. Mm. I just think the name is fine. <laughs> I just think, but also I don't necessarily wish them to have, to be defined in relation to me. They are their own, mm-hmm. as you say, Grant. Mm. Yeah. He's Grant. And yeah. I say my, just... I say my husband, he's my husband. But yes. I also like my man. I call him my man. Yes. Yeah, I noticed you, you asked me about William, my husband, you said your man. Nice. It kind of feels. It like is really nice. My woman, of, of course, has very different, uh, oh, horribly yeah, appropriate. Uh, yes, yeah. so would would never be able to, in any way, do that because it feels like. What does uh, it feel like? Well, it just feels like they're my possession. Of course, it's much more. It's it's uh, for women. We that, that's much more of a hot potato. You know, I don't want to be anybody's woman. It just feels right. I, right. So much baggage with that. Yeah, so ownership like, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting, it isn't also, it? God. Yeah. It was always like how. Because George Michael in the Daily Mail always had lovers, not boyfriends. It's like, why is he a lover? Why can't he just be his boyfriend? You but know? they were always trying to make to out the, the lifestyle oh. element, you know, that it was all so seedy. Exactly. That there could be no emotional. But I guess, I guess that's something that, that gay men sort of suffer from a lot, is that, that your identity is often seen by certain sections of the, the, the media as, um, you know, you, it's all sexualized, it's all about sex. Totally. Sex, 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 sex. Mm. And it must be, whereas I suppose for women it's all about emotions, drama, the, the, you know. Mm. And of course we have a lot of sex and you have a lot of emotion and it's mm. like, that, that there often feels like, are there thing going on even in the gay community? Yes. It's weird. Yeah, yeah fascinating. Do you feel that is for- Gay women, that it is about the emotion. Is that the sort of headline? Well, that's somebody else's headline. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I've had relationships which are extremely emotionally sort of um, connected and simpatico, and ones that have just been driven by lust and by, in, you, in the cold light of day, you think, oh, I don't know. I 
don't know that we have shared values. Mm. But sometimes <laughs> shared values... No, I, I just want to... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who wants to... What's more interesting, to discuss shared values or just, oh, my God, look at you, and then... Look, 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's and both then, yeah, so you commun- I've done that, where you, the only way you actually communicate mm. is by sex. That yeah. was, the litmus test was always for me, did I want... Would I be happy to bump into a friend with them? That's when I knew if I liked them or if it was just sex. If we're walking down the street and you bump into a friend, you'd be like, oh, this is Dodododo. Or if you're a bit like, ah, this, I don't want you to enter my actual world. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, I think you can still, like, well, I've had the ones that have completely entered my world and I st- still could only communicate by sex. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's short-lived, thankfully. Yeah. But I guess, I guess those things can only be short-lived because, you know, after a while, you need to be able to communicate in other ways than just sex. You need but to, the yes. difference is... Because there's a limited uh, alphabet. A limited palette of yeah. But also, I, I'm sometimes deeply envious of... Uh, I mean, maybe this, again, is I don't want to sell men short and their complex needs and desires, but women just produce so much oxytocin when we have sex that you just... We're slaves to our hormones. Mm. I mean, you're slaves, perhaps, to your own set of hormones, but mm. we want to... Our biological imperative is... Mm. St- well, I really, I'm just really like you now because mm. we've shared some fluids mm. and you find yourself being pulled even towards people that aren't right for you through a hormonal affiliation. Mm. Whereas I've always been slightly envious of sort of gay male friends of mine who've just gone, yeah, I mean, they're great and we have sex and we have a laugh and then I don't see them. See you on campus. Mm. And then you can take your time in that environment where you aren't overwhelmed by love hormones to work out whether they're really right. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm slightly jealous of that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I can see. I, I can see that why you would be jealous why, of that. Why sex it's isn't pretty sort great. of... Yeah, well, you can, you can just divorce sex and love and you can... Yeah. And I'm not saying you always do. I don't wish to... And also, I think that. it's really great when people have relationships that started as sort of sex things mm. and then they, you know I think that's really I like that yeah. yeah do you have a partner woman girlfriend right yeah. now how yeah. long has that been uh, off and on for seven years and are you in do you are you in public with her yeah oh alright yeah I mean I, I'm public with I mean always always with my with my girlfriends yeah yeah and it's I suppose it's We've gone through a really interesting time. We've, we've shepherded each other through a, a time of um, uh, you know, b- becoming older. And so we've we faced huge challenges, I think, you know, and, and perhaps me more than her going, what is this and what am I for? And, you know, and we've had to accommodate that. Mm. How old is she? She's, she's my age. She's my age. But we're just at that point where you think, do we want different things? Do we want... But we're grown-ups. That's what I love about her. We're mm. grown-up people and we're very, very honest. So you were, like, in your 40s before you even met? Yeah, we were, so. I was 42 or something. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a huge difference when you're, you've been around the block a few times and you yeah. know your limitations and you know your needs and, and it makes it much easier. And we're incredibly honest and I yes, hugely exactly. admire her capability to face down truth mm, wow. and for us to have very adult conversations about where we are and and where we're at and that I couldn't have wished to be at this time in my life around someone like her because life gets tougher you know and there's loss and complication and Mm. crises of identity and and also the kids thing I don't know if you guys feel that but you know the not the not having had provides a kind of um kind of context for living Mm. that, that that I I don't have so 
What do you it's how you live without mm. the family or, you know what I mean? That kind of... Cause, yeah, because I, I, I've been reading about adoption recently mm. and it says even as a gay man, you need to be able to mourn that you can't have kids biologically. You need to think about that. And what does that mean? And give that space and stuff, which I'd never considered, you know. I think that is, I mean, that's a really interesting thing. I mean, the the social spotlight is always on women and as a childless woman. Mm. But that's very true. As a childless man, that has an implication, Mm. however remote it may feel psychologically in the present. I was going to ask you, right, because you, it's... We're all sort of playing therapist to one another in this sort of triumvirate. I think that's what this podcast might be. All great podcasts should be exactly that, (laughs) ruminatory. But it's interesting that you were saying, oh, you know, London and I'm coming back home to this sort of, you know, this idea of the young me. But you didn't talk about Scotland in that way. And that's obviously your cradle. That's your. Oh, I do, I do think of Scotland. I just mean, I, I, I love Scotland. I spent 10 years here in London. And Can I, I just say I got really super drunk about six months ago and I direct messaged Nicola Sturgeon. <laughs> and I really? said, when you achieve glorious independence, can I please come and be a citizen? And I thought, and as soon as I sent it, I thought, oh God. It might not have been my finest hour. She did. Uh, she said you would be most welcome. Uh, and he loves so her even nice. more for that. I once asked, people talk to you about cakes all the time? Sometimes. They tend to talk to me now about why I don't do cakes all the time. And they're sort of sad that we don't do it. And why did you go? And what happened? Mm. And but think, like, I mean, eating cakes. Oh, there's some... I used to do just a gig and I was doing a book tour and people would bring cakes and they would... Uh, the provenance was not established, so they would just appear from tinfoil, uh-huh. and there'd be slices off, so it had been mm. cut. So, and I wouldn't have known the conditions in which it was cut. And the then knives. they would be. The thing is, when somebody wants you to say their cake, there's just a. You, you can't say no. You can't, and then it's you. It, and then you have to sort of publicly eat it, and then and and I'd always sort of say, but I'm not. I. I I'm not a judge, you know that. I would be the person watching the people watching the mm. ovens. I was like sort of far back, telescope far back from that. And also, that, yeah. but, you, but there wouldn't have been ve- vegan cakes. No, no, it was not vegan at the time. That's oh. a, a latter kind of uh, yeah. a latter kind of understanding of mind, a, a latter movement. But yeah, I I'm really grateful for it now. All the dust has settled because it just means like today I just was pottering off to work and three people came and hugged me on the tube. And oh. I'm quite huggy. I'm quite sort of benign and I just want everyone to get along and I'm sort of, it's and nice. it's because of the cake show? Yeah, because they think they know me. It's like yeah. a shortcut and I like that. How do you know it's about the cake show? They say? Yeah. Right. Or sometimes they, they might sometimes be because of travelling. It tends to be if a lot of sort of second, third generation kind of Indian kids will come up and talk to me about the Ganges. Because I went on this big oh. pilgrimage there and to the source of the Ganges and it's this big Hindu pilgrimage that they want to make one day. So they'll come and ask me and I'm like, I don't know, I'm not a very good Hindu, I'm a Catholic, but I'll talk to you about shit, and then you wow. end up hugging, and it's, yeah, and I love that, I think that's the, one of the great, the great privilege of my job, is I just get to be hugged and hug strangers. Well, you told, you told a lovely story, which is in that kindness vein, where, because when you first started Bake Off, they were trying to make it really intense on the, yeah. on the contestants, right? Yeah, well, they that? would just shove cameras in people's faces and go... Why are you making this, you know, this marmalade loaf? And the guy would go, it reminds me of my grandma. What happened to your grandma, Mark? Oh, no. And they'd cry. They'd mm. cry about their dead family. And, and so we resigned. We resigned on, at 10 a.m. on the second day and said, oh, 
we can always resign him from everything. We just walk away. We glibly walk away. Meanwhile, there's a sort of collective sigh of sort of managers, agents, and you know. but um, yeah, it was really aggressive. And uh, I suppose that was the vernacular in television at the time. But you um, wanted to get yeah. tears. Yeah, because it was X Factor. So I, I don't blame right. the production company. I don't. There's mm. no judgment there. It's just you know that's how you do it. It's one of those shows, and it's just like you know jeopardy, 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 ramp up all that crap. Yeah, yeah. And we were just like, mm, no, we don't roll like that. We're never going to be the funniest people in the room, or but we can really try to be the nicest. And it's such a thing, you know, nice has become such a sort of, you know, it's, it's a, a, a disparaging word. I think we should co-opt it. What's wrong with that? I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Be decent. Yeah, well, that's... Be Harry. kind. Yeah. I, I love Harry Styles. And his oh, thing so is, beautiful. His thing is TPWK, treat people with kindness. Harry. No, and I love just, him even more. And it's Me like, too. Just be kind. He's beautiful inside and out, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, it seems to, he seems to be. Yeah. I've done stuff with him. And, and everyone... Uh, so what have you done with him? Real, real <laughs> jealousy there. Yeah, that, did you see that? Real. It that was violent, a real other side. Not that violent him? sex you were talking about, Alex. <laughs> just a real whip pound of a head no, as well. I, just like what have you done I've got a bad neck. I know. I corrected. Look at you looking at him. That was almost exorcist. But so, but what do you do with Harry? My, my future ex-boyfriend. Tell him. I directed a video for One Direction. <gasps> what? Put that under a bushel. And um, are they all nice, or is Harry just the stellar? He so he <clears> went <throat> round and shook every single person's hand on set when he left. Like in the distance, was like, "Hi, I'm Harry. Just want to say goodbye." Someone was up a ladder. "Hi, I'm Harry. Just want to say goodbye." And there was no calculation he just I think in order to this is me completely guessing in order to entertain himself living that weird job mm. he just went instead of became, becoming insular he decided to engage with them mm. that's great and I just thought that's really cool and oh. they're all sweet he has beautiful hair Oh. And a great way, yeah. and I always think good with kids. That I, I mean, he's starting to look at. Me, I just think, God, oh, if he had a son like that, yeah. that's how old I am now. It's just he's like, oh, he's like my. Oh, I'm still he's like my. <laughs> I know that you don't need to. That was evident from the like, very. Yeah, I couldn't work that out. <laughs> yeah, really. Wet pan of my neck. <laughs> my neck's completely fine again. And on one... that bombshell, <laughs> Harry is cured. We need to get Alabet to the acupuncturist. We have to get Harry to do this. Yeah. Okay. No, that's entrapment. <laughs> Can I say that now as we're in this? I'm not, you know, don't do it. It's a sex yes, web. Don't do it, it's Harry. a sex web. You know, do, say they're interested my, in your biography, it's a sex lures. web. Yeah, yeah. They grab me by my, my Gucci my frills. Jungle book eyes. Oh, the snake eyes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, Harry, you've been warm. Thank, Thank you. It's so hilarious. I think actually um, Sue said a really great thing and just really the message of that I think we should be projecting out to the world. I think it was really lovely. She said, I think it's quite a gay thing. You want to be the dazzling butterfly that's outside and you want to be inside with everyone else. The moment I feel accepted, part of me wants to be transgressive. And I think that's a healthy thing. Yeah. You know, I think that's a healthy thing. I think it's something that we we do. We are, certainly at this stage in, our, in the history of being queer, I think we still have that. We have one foot in, mm. in, a, in society that is, uh, you know, accepting us and or tolerating us yes and then we also need to feel that we have a special we are a special band apart and we still connect with each other in, in that way embrace our specialness and also without the transgressive people who've made that 
who've had that feeling and 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 acted on it, we wouldn't be where I'm transgressive. I'm transgressive. You are you yeah. transgressive? I try to be. Yes. Hurrah. <laughs> well, that's that then. Lala's transgressive. Always. Yeah. Now listen. I want everybody to keep writing into us. I want everybody to stay in touch. So please write to us and. And how do they write us. to us? How do they write to us? They write to us. Uh, they by. Uh, going to the typewriter and going hello at <laughs> not the typewriter the computer hello at homo sapiens podcast.com correct and if they were to can, can you leave dms on the instagram as well oh yeah absolutely you can do that too it's only taken us 12 episodes to share <laughs> that with people <laughs> but people do go off in the dms anyway so i, I feel like that's uh you know a, a well-trodden path yeah. this is this is fascinating isn't it mm. um and uh, now, if you feel like you need some sartorial brilliance... Where would you possibly get some? You'd go to alancumming.com. <laughs> That's so cute, because I was going to do your boring long one as a last conciliatory gesture. Oh, I love it. So uh, go to alancumming.com forward slash shop, and there will be Alan modelling the clothes. And you can click on me, and it takes you to everardbaths.etsy.eventbrite.co.uk.forward slash... Homo sapiens slash Chris. C- correct. Pithy. What is it? It's everpress.com forward slash homo sapiens. Yeah, this has been so nice. I've had such a lovely time. I loved meeting all these lovely people. I've loved these little things where we introduce them and chat and yes. do. I've loved being an agony uncle. You've been brilliant. I, I would just like to reiterate that I, I, I've only ever had two Valium in my life. Yes. But when I say I have a vodka soda and a Valium, I mean that as a metaphor. Yes. Let go. And we won't put a number on how many vodka sodas you've had. Oh, gosh. Well, let's just look up on that shelf the number of bottles of Arbiki vodka and gin. I will finish this with a, with a story that was probably... Who knows if I should say or not? Uh, when I made you a vodka soda, do you remember? You know, I said, "Oh, I'll make you a vodka soda," and I made in my it, house yeah, in New York, in your house, yeah. Uh-huh. And and I poured the what I would consider the normal amount of vodka and soda into the glass, and then you came downstairs, you took a sip of it, <laughs> gave me this look like, "Oh, for God's sake!" and got the vodka and just pour, free poured into the glass, and I was like, "I know we're going to get yes, it." Yeah, so New York measures. There's a difference. So that's one of the reasons I like living in New York is the the free hand free none of that, it's the only reason I live there none of that mean little silver thing comes thing. out no just like like when I'm at club coming I, I put the ice in mm-hmm. and then you go one two three four five six seven up oh wow and then you put, pour the rest of soda and there's a tiny amount of soda love it but um, you know start the engines I say that's right we're only here once lots of love everybody bye bye Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl. Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Powered by Spirit Studios.